Hey everybody and welcome to your weekly nerdy news. I am your host Nick and I am your host Nate. Welcome back to Nerd Radio, your national nerdnet radio direct. Before we get started, make sure to follow us on at TX3 Productions on Twitter. You can go to threadx3productions.com or threadx3productions at gmail.com to email us. So let's get started with our weekly quest log, all your video game related news. First up, new fortune and glory patch for Dauntless adds trials. So each week is going to have a new trial, modified behemoths with hybrid abilities. The top 100 will get their name on a wall in a prestige cosmetic. That's really cool. Um, it, it Dauntless has been fun. Um, I think that playing into that idea of the game, the mythos behind the game of what the game is about, just adds more depth and more enjoyability to that to that game. Hopefully that also comes with some frame fixes for, you know, <laughs> Hub City. But that's just me. That's just personally. But I think that's really cool, especially the top 100 get their name on a wall. Like just right. going to that, going to the town and seeing your name on the wall for, for the hunt or for the trial. I think that's really cool. It's really yeah. cool. Not only that, but getting a prestige cosmetic. So that means that'll be a cosmetic that only that 100 get. So when you come across with this person with this like unique, like badass looking cosmetic, you know that, okay, they were one of the top 100s. Maybe I should, you know, go on a hunt with them. And so then, you know, they get friend requests and everything. It seems like a really cool idea. And I'm really interested to see like how they implement it. And like if the cosmetic, I, I would hope that since it's quote unquote prestige, they make it good enough where it's like, okay, this isn't something that they, you know, have ever done before, you know? And I mean, in general, any reason to kind of keep playing Dauntless is a good reason. I think. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. All right, the next story we have, uh, the Division 2 could have a single player that's coming. We're going to talk about this a little bit more later on in the episode, but um, yeah, Twitter absolutely exploded when a director of for the Division tweeted about the idea of for a Division single player. I think this would be incredible. Um, one of the things, I love Division 2. Division 2, way better than Division 1, first off. I'll say absolutely. that right there. Easily yeah. probably one of the best multiplayer games this year. Absolutely. It, it's also, I think, in conversations for Game of the Year. In some I would hope so mm -hmm. because like it's it's like everything they did ha and ha are doing is top notch. Like they're showing showing uh, a live service game what it should be. Everything yes. about it, and it's putting everyone to shame. But one of the things that I really wish I would get more out of the division would be a single player experience because I feel like the lore is there. And Division Two had better story elements than Division One, mm -hmm. but also. Division two, I haven't really played for the story. A lot of the times when I'm playing Division two, I'm grinding. So I'm watching a podcast, maybe not have my headphones on, so I can't exactly hear the dialogue that's going on. If right. it's the main story, I'll do that. Like a lot of the main story beats are really cool, and the dialogue that goes on and what they've done with the audio logs is very compelling as well. But to have an experience like a full, like 10, 15 hour campaign or six right. hours. Campaign, depending on what they want to do having a full-fledged single-player campaign that that's it that's all it is that would be awesome that would be absolutely incredible yeah and i mean obviously like when you make a story that involves having four people in a squad goofing off and not really paying attention to they don't pay as much attention to it i feel like 
You know, it's just different. Not that it's bad. Once again, like you said, it is a good story. It's just that like, there are so many smaller things. Like, I mean, the moments that happen in those like hologram, you know, echoes or whatever are interesting. Now imagine like that is the story. You actually get to see those things happen because you're actually living it. Not only that, but then having some kind of last of us, like cross country campaign where you're like trying to get home to your family, it would just be a really cool, like sidestep, you know? And I mean, especially since it's already kind of a part of the Tom Clancy universe, it could be its own thing and it wouldn't be that um confusing for people you know because yeah. they could they could call it something like they could call it whatever they wanted and then have the subtitle of a division story or something like that they could follow the far cry formula yeah and exactly that's a good point yeah like new like new five to new dawn they could yeah. do something like that and it would make sense it, really it would make sense. Exactly. And the fact that, you know, this is just being talked about or whatever, because obviously like money, 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 you know, for division and like cosmetics and all this stuff. So it's like, you know, for Ubisoft to not only treat division two so well, but then actually to even like really consider this, I feel like this could be a really, really cool thing. And it could just be an additive, you know, for the people for the people who really enjoy the lure and the mythos, they're going to go and play it or whatever. And I feel like even if you like the division for its multiplayer components, um, it's still just a really smart idea. I hope this goes through. I hope this becomes a reality because right now it's just a tweet, but the fact that an actual like, you know, division director, Tim Spencer actually went and retweeted it and started commenting on it. This is something that could be a thing. So that's really cool. So um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey drops their third and final DLC episode, Judgment of Atlantis. So you're going to go down there with SpongeBob and Patrick. <laughs> no, this is Patrick. <laughs> so, so yeah, they, they've had a DLC run called The Fate of Atlantis. The, they just released the third episode. And I'm fr I before the show, I was freaking out about this because I was like, okay, cool. Odyssey has been doing some really cool things with their, their world. They started doing it in origins where, you know, it's ancient Egypt. So like you're, you know, you're playing, you know, real quote unquote, but you would have moments where there would be glitches in the animus where you were fighting right. like Pharaohs, you were fighting like ancient Egyptian gods. They're continuing on that since this is this ancient Greece, like, you know, Greek mythology kind of world. They're falling through with that here. What I was freaking out about is a little bit of, Assassin's Creed backstory for all all you hardcores out there. Since Assassin's Creed 2, they've teased that there's this civilization that was before us. Later, they they came to be called the Isu. But the names of them would be like Minerva. Like they would be what you would expect of Greek mythology Greek mythological characters. And so right. it's been in like the present day story, these figures have been important because they are the people who predicted the end of the world. And right. so they've injected their stuff into the animus and you're encountering them like Assassin's Creed two, three um, brotherhood, all that good stuff. What's cool about this is I, I don't know the background of it. I don't know if it's like a glitch in the animus cause I haven't caught up with the DLCs yet. Um, but you are going to actually be in Atlantis in the in an Isu city. So you're going to encounter Poseidon. You're going to encounter all these people who are considered the Isu, the first civilization, and interact with them and like 
live in this world that they've like teased and like kind of talked about just ancillarily in the other games. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those, that's something that we've always wanted to know more about this. We're finally getting this in a DLC of all things. So yeah. this looks awesome. This, it absolutely looks incredible and I cannot wait to get farther in this game so I can get to this DLC. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean like uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is definitely not one that I jumped into, but you know, it Ubisoft is just showing that they're supporting their games well after instead of, you know, just giving up on them like Anthem, <laughs> you know, it's something that it's just really nice to see, obviously. Yeah. If you had to pick between, cause these both came out last year between this and uh red dead redemption two, I've, I've played both Odyssey. I prefer so much more because I feel I want to be in that world. Right. Oh, Red, yeah. Red Dead is great. I will say that it is fun. It is an experience. It's it's an enthralling experience. But Odyssey feels like like it's an RPG. I haven't connected with an RPG like this since Skyrim. Right. All right. So the next story we have is the Avengers game by Square Enix is going to be shown at Comic Con this weekend, but the public's not going to be able to see it. So this is a little bit of an interesting one because this isn't new. Like yeah. as far as like Avenger stuff or any other like comic related trailers or anything that they show at Comic-Con, typically they share that to the attendees only. The public doesn't get to see it until way later on. If if anything, they might see something that might not be exactly what they shown, which is normally not an issue. And I'm totally okay with that because if they just showed and streamed everything to the public, then why, why would people buy tickets to go to Comic-Con if they could see exactly. it? Exactly. This one is a little bit of like a, uh, I don't know, because... We we didn't honestly really see much of this game at E3. This was the the wide really like this was the reveal of of the game, quote unquote. But I've watched some videos talking about that, and a lot of people share the same opinion that it feels like at the E3 press conference they were trying to sell us goodwill about the game by saying no loot boxes, no like paid DLC, all this other stuff. But we really didn't see much of the actual game. Yeah, we saw like a story. You know, we saw a story trailer. We saw in-game, in-engine cinematics. But we didn't actually see the game. They showed stuff behind closed doors. But it's one of those that there's not really a lot of goodwill going with this game right now in terms of just gameplay alone. So you would right. think if you're showing it again, why not let the public see it before the game comes out next year? Yeah. It's just like weird. Yeah, it, it's weird. Obviously, Comic-Con always gets their like, you know, private things or whatever. But it's just the fact that it was also private at E3. And I feel like that's maybe why it's hitting everybody's nerve is that it was already private for that. Now they're going to be showing it again, you know, and it very much is like what we've heard. Like most of the people who did see the private thing came out afterwards. It's like, oh, OK, I actually am excited for this game versus everybody else who only got the snippets of gameplay you know because like what they saw behind closed doors was basically the elongated bridge scene where they actually got to see the gameplay versus the snippets of the gameplay so like when iron man's flying through or whatever they actually got to see the gameplay of him flying through not just like a two second flash of him flying through and then like hulk you know smashing you know they they didn't just see the two seconds that we saw in the trailer they got to see the actual like two minute long of him like smashing stuff and so this just seems like it should have been something that should have been made more public and so now that you know they get it again and it's private or whatever i just hope that it's something that they change yeah most of what i've seen is people saying this isn't spider-man which i feel which 
And one part is unfair to say, but also it's fair to say because yeah. Spider-Man PS4 has is now like the shining example of what a Marvel game going forward should be. Yeah. And you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like they also really made it really confusing at that same press conference when they were talking about, hey, it's gonna be a live service game. Yeah. With friends, but it's also a single player story. It's like Okay, Anthem said something similar. So exactly, that's scary. We, <laughs> that's a little scary. And it's talking about adding characters. It's like, so is this like a single player Ultimate Alliance? Like, yeah, doesn't really make doesn't really make sense. But hopefully, we'll see something soon. I guarantee we'll see a leaked phone footage. Yeah, right. At some point, that's going to be on 4chan. It's going to get taken down and re-uploaded. But we'll yeah. see what comes of it. Yeah. So, I mean, next up, we got 22-year-old spends 3,160 quid on FIFA. Now, this was a part of a story that came out, and there was actually many testimonials. But the 22-year-old in question actually has a cerebral palsy. He's autistic. And to a certain extent, he didn't even really realize what he was doing was spending real-world money. And a lot of the other testimonials had about the same kind of um, testimonies in the sense that they spent a bunch of money, you know, and they didn't really know that what they were doing was spending money. They were spending in-game. They thought they were spending in-game currency. And so this just brings up, you know, the whole loot box thing, obviously, with FIFA or whatever. This just brings up that whole thing. And um, watching Jim, you know, from the Jimquisition brought up a really good point that it's like in FIFA, a game that's rated E for everyone. If you have to have a warning for your children, then isn't it not in fact, not suitable for children? Right. The thing with that is it wouldn't be classified as T because T typically tends to have violence, you know, in, incorporated with a T rating. True. So it's one of those that the ES, that might be an issue with the ESRB where they'll have exactly. to different, different rating tier for E including microtransactions. You know what I'm saying? This is definitely a problem. Um, so you said there was a bunch of different testimonials. So I don't know if it was just from him, but it sounds like it's not quite clear whether the, the from what you just said, it sounds to me like the system that's in FIFA. So I don't have to get more information on this because I'm not a FIFA player, but I'm not yeah, a definitely not. sports player, but it sounds like if they're spending in-game money, it seems like there's a system in there that when you click spend, it's already going to take money out, out of whatever account you have tied in. Whereas you have something like Apex or Fortnite, when you buy something, you have to buy a credit with real money and then right. you do that for it. So, well, I don't think it's as uh, mischievous as that. It's just the fact that obviously he is a lot of little autistic and maybe learning disabled. And so in general, it just, it made it confusing. And then the other testimonials, like there was one, about like a phone game where it was like you know finding hidden objects in a in a scene and so doing that and then not even knowing that you're spending real world money you know i think there's still obviously the confirmation obviously you have to confirm like two or three times to spend real world money but at the same time if you don't realize that that's what you're actually doing that's you know problem. it's still a problem you know and i do feel like the e for everyone like E should be for everyone. It should be safe. And, you know, when a parent's like literally sitting right next to their kid as they're doing this and they don't even know that they're doing it, E for everyone, no, it's not for everyone, you know, because like if anything, like, 
a really good example is obviously I have a daughter and I have games on my phone and the free version of this game, there'll be ads on the phone. And it's so annoying because like they come up and it seems so predatory because it's like sometimes it'll come up in the middle of her game. So it's not even like at the end of it, like watch this trailer for an extra life. There's plenty of those that do that. No, it'll be like right in the middle of what she's trying to do. There'll be an ad and it just seems so predatory because even if I'm sitting right next to her, which most of the time I am, even if I'm sitting right next to her, she can end up clicking on something and she's in a completely different window trying to confirm something. And she's like, dad, it's not working. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, you got to be careful or whatever. And it's just like, it's so predatory. People know it's Hello Kitty. People know that they are children. And, it, and even the way it's made, it's made in such a simplistic way that it is supposed to be for kids. So they know that kids are playing these type of games, but they put these predatory advertisements in there so that they hope somebody clicks on it. And just the click alone gets them money. And then they're hoping if they're able to click more and more, they'll get even more money from them. Right. So it's it's really, it's just a problem. So, yeah. All right, the last story we have for our gaming headlines is smoking is out in Gears 5, apparently. Um, so it looks like the coalition commits to exclude depictions of smoking from Gears 5. This article comes from Game Informer. We're going to cover it briefly. But basically, there's been, thanks to Truth, which, again, I am fully okay with their message. You know, right. they're, they're trying to get smoking out of kids. I feel like, because pre-show guys, you know I vape. So there's some 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 of their ads, I feel like, just are just misinformation, mm -hmm. totally and completely. And I, I it's, it's one of those things. But... Um, they're making an effort to exclude, which is interesting because Gears has been synonymous with cigar smoking brutes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it seems like they're trying to change, which is, you know, that's that's their prerogative. That's fine. They're changing kind of the image of Gears um, in its entirety to kind of give it a more modern fear. fear. Um, but it basically, they're, they're saying that all depictions of character smoking have been removed from the Gears series. Developer of the Coalition has decided to not portray character smoking in any future Gears games, a policy that started with Gears 4. Um, and they kind of give a quote on it. They're like, I've seen firsthand the, the devastating impact of smoking. It's always been important to me not to use smoking as a narrative device, which is why we made the con conscious choice to avoid highlighting or glorifying smoking in Gears 5 and going throughout uh, Rod Ferguson set from the Coalition. So interesting. It's an interesting talking point. There's nothing really wrong with it. Um, it's it's just, it's it's to me good to see developers like, having these thoughts, having these opinions and being like, Hey, this is the stance we're going to take. And this is what we're going to take. And I don't feel like there's a lot of people that are going to be upset by this unless you're a die hard, die hard gears fan. But even then, yeah, you know, I think the only thing that's weird is that this is also coming on the tail of like stranger things is getting crap about how, you know, Hobbs or not Hobbs Hopper Hopper. Hopper is smoking a lot in the season three or whatever. And apparently people brought it up in season two and season like, apparently there's just a lot of people who like bring it up and it's like, you know, not only is this like a different time, the eighties where like people just smoked, like there wasn't as much information. Like people knew it was bad for you back then, but not as much, not as much as today. And so not only that, but it's like, so 
the only part I don't like is just like, well, now you have to consider making your character not a smoker. But real people are smokers. And people back in the 80s smoked. People back in the 50s smoked. So if you make a period piece, you're suddenly supposed to take out smoking just because of today's standards. Well, see, Netflix's response to that was perfect. I thought yeah. that that was like somebody give their PR person a raise because that was very well put. They basically said in there that from going forward and basically our modern stuff, we're not going to glorify, but if we we're still going to use it, if it's needed for historical accuracy or the depiction of whichever creator story. Right. So, which is, which was a great response because right. like, it's a Stranger good response. I just don't like, I don't, I don't, I don't personally. And I mean, you being somebody who, you know, vapes or whatever is interesting as well, because it's like, I just don't personally see the big deal. You know, it's like smoking is bad. There are so many things out there that tell you smoking is bad just because somebody does it on screen doesn't change my mind about whether or not I'm going to smoke. So, I mean, I just, the main I don't thing to get it. The main thing nowadays is the targeting of children. You know, that's why people, right, have a but it's in an immature, mature game. It's they're not supposed to play it anyways. So, right. That's, the, that's the, where I draw the line. If they wanted to have an E for everybody where they don't chainsaw somebody in half and have blood gushing everywhere. And they wanted to not have smoking in that, that makes sense. But this is a mature rated game. Mature people. only. You can, you have to be 18 most places to buy cigarettes. So yeah. why is it a big deal? I don't personally see the big deal. Right. I can agree. I would have a problem if they tried to do that. Sergeant Johnson, my boy, Sergeant Johnson, right. take that cigar out of his mouth. We're going to have a problem, right. <laughs> an absolute problem. But it's, it's interesting. It's, it's kind of neat to see these developers neat. taking these kind of stances. Cause it's something that they care about. Like he says right there, he's personally seen the impact of smoking. They have a creative vision. They want to portray it. And we've right. said that before in terms of representation. Hey, tell the story you want to tell. Don't just do it because someone's making you do it. Right. Right. And I think that's the big difference between Gears and Netflix, whereas they they want them to take it out. But it's like, yeah. So it, it, either way, smokers or non-smokers who are listening, we would like to see your opinion on it. So let us know what you think about it. You can go to at TX3 Productions on Twitter. Um, you can also go to our Discord, which is in the description or pinned to the top of our Twitter. So we're going to take a quick break here, going into a music break, and we'll be right back with your Week in Nerd Culture.
your chance at doing this alone We can't change the world till we find and change ourselves So start a revolution and overlook yourself Raise your voices high, find the dark and shine Welcome back to your weekly nerdy news, part of your National Nerd Net Radio Direct Nerd Radio. So let's get started with This Week in Nerd Culture. So the multiverse does exist, and we should have already known that. So obviously from far from home, spoilers are are ahead just for a little bit. We find out that the multiverse that the Mysterio was talking about might not exist. But Kevin Feige came out recently and basically said, well, yes, it does. In fact, back in uh, Doctor Strange, um, the chosen one or the ancient one, the ancient one draws her power from different dimensions so we've kind of already known about dimensions and we should have known about it since dr strange yeah at the same time though like when you said that i remembered it but 
for most people, they need stuff spelled out for them. Yeah. So I can see why people wouldn't have known that because they didn't. Because like it, just to give you a frame, just to give you a frame of reference, in the DC TV shows like Arrow, Flash, the the Arrowverse, they yeah. specifically say multiverse. Like there is a multiverse. So they clear out right. spell like, hey, this is the reason why we can have this actor be this and a different actor be that. Right. You know? So they outright say it. Whereas in Doctor Strange, they they didn't. They just kind of hinted at it. Whereas, and you say spoilers, it is, but at the same time, Marvel spo- spoiled it for themselves by releasing that scene of them talking. Right. So it, and I haven't seen Far From Home yet. So like, that's why I, I'm, I'm talking about what I specifically saw on a TV ad where they were talking like down in that underground like area and they were talking yeah. about specifically a multiverse. And so it's like, like we talked about earlier before we started recording, that would have been cool if you would have like shown that in the movie instead of showing that in the in on TV like as mm-hmm. an ad release like on Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. Yeah. But you know, it's one of those that cool like it was this was coming. I mean, after Endgame, this right. is one of those that like they need and I actually and we can get into it some other time because it's a very long conversation, but I've seen a lot of theories that have to do with time travel and have to do with Endgame. Right. So we knew we knew this was this was coming. This there needed to be some kind of example of saying something like this exists because that sets the temp- template for phase four. Phase four just got busted wide open in terms of what it could be for the MCU. Yeah. What now? What's gonna happen now exactly? Because that's such a big event. You can't just be like, oh, yep, it happened. We changed time, but we changed it back. But but it's no it's no problem. Like they needed to have ramifications, which I from what I've heard and seen about Far From Home, they cover that a good bit, which I'm happy with. Yes, definitely. So, interesting, interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Now on a more <laughs> darker note kind of uh netflix has decided to edit out the suicide scene in 13 reasons why so i'm actually glad you put this on here because this is an interesting conversation and i'm curious where we're both going to be on this so if you don't know uh in the show 13 reasons why in season one season one's all about this girl who committed suicide and you know the tapes listening to why she did it and there's a scene i don't remember how far it is in the season but there's a scene where it depicts her like looking in the mirror and she's about to commit suicide and it shows her you know slitting her wrists and it shows her committing suicide and then her parents finding her body they basically have come they basically came out with a statement and i really should have probably had that pulled up (laughs) but they come out netflix came out with a statement saying um with the new season coming out they decided to I don't know if they're going to edit out that scene completely or just edit it to where it's not nearly as graphic. They basically said that they edited it so that when she's looking in the mirror, the next part is the them finding her body. Okay. So they actually take completely take out the graphic portion of it. Okay. Um, so I've seen, I've heard both sides of this situation. Mm-hmm. I can agree with both sides. For sure, yeah. On the one side being people who are not for them editing it out, their argument being people had a complaint with 13 Reasons Why saying that they were romanticizing suicide and people's argument with that scene being in there is like, no, they're not. That's clearly a graphic and like gut-wrenching scene that's right. showing that suicide is not a romantic thing. It's a and serious thing. And it's not thing. pretty. And it's not pretty. So in some ways, it should be in there. On the other side, I have also heard people saying like, 
we really should we really be exposing these kind of images to teens to people who are very vulnerable in terms of a of a mental state which is you know which is topics that they cover in the show right. so it's one of those i can agree with both sides i'm of course your typical nate i'm the centrist on this i don't know where i lie on this yeah I, you know i'm not for i'm not ever for censorship for any reason um but like I can't say that it's that Netflix is at fault for editing that out. You know what I'm saying? It's it's very yeah. hard. It's very hard to to figure out where to be on this. Yeah. In the situation, I can understand why they did it. But on the side of I'm on the side of the like the creator, like, you know, as far as like I feel like they should have been able to do it in the first place, you know, and whether or not it was right for that scene to be in there. That's sort of the point of the scene being in there because it started a conversation. It started a conversation if depictions like that should be in a in a movie or in, you know, because obviously this isn't the first show to depict a suicide, yeah. you know, and people want to act because it's 2018, 2019. They want to act as if like, oh, this is the first time we've ever seen something like that. No, this is just the first time you've seen it through the lens of 2018 and 19, you know, and that's one thing that I just feel is just, I don't know. It's, it's to the point where it's like, you know, they did it because people were bashing on it. They didn't do it because they felt, um, or they may maybe they agree with it you know i don't know i don't i'm not the creators maybe they agreed with it but they still wanted to keep it in because i mean one thing is is that that scene did spark conversations of people who were going through depression you know yeah and you know for other people maybe it triggered them or something i don't know but the fact of the matter is is that i feel like I never really understood the glamorizing suicide. Like the whole argument that that entire series was glamorizing suicide kind of feels like, did you even watch the show? Because it's a depressing ass show. Yeah. You know, it's a drama. There is a lot. It's a lot of heavy stuff, you know, and for them to say, oh, but it's about a girl who you know kills herself and then leaves tapes and so then she gets everything she wanted no she doesn't she's freaking dead she doesn't get shit. yeah she's dead she doesn't get to enjoy anything anymore she doesn't get anything out of it except for not existing anymore so for me the quote-unquote argument that they are glamorizing suicide no they're not and it's just like in season two, they weren't glamorizing being raped by a broom handle. They weren't glamorizing school shootings. They yeah. were showing how stuff like this can happen and how wrong it is. Yeah. They weren't glamorizing anything. And so me personally, I'm on the side of like, I've never understood that argument. You know, now if they wanted to take it out, I also respect them for taking it out because I do see that there is an argument out there that says that, you know, maybe it shouldn't be in there. I can sort of understand that. But as far as the glamorization, quote unquote, I don't I don't see that. I don't see that. Whether I, or not the scene should be in there is an argument that is valid, in my opinion. But the glamorization, I don't feel that that's a valid argument because I don't personally feel that that show is glamorizing anything. If anything, they're not 
they're not making it a good experience. They're making it an uncomfortable experience because they're showing how uncomfortable the topic is. Yeah, and I do respect Netflix on how they handled it. This wasn't just a, oh, yoink, everybody's mad about it. We're going to get rid of it. They, right. this, this statement, I pulled it up. The statement that they said about this was, as we prepare to launch season three later this summer, we've been mindful about the ongoing debate around the show. Um, so on so on the advice of medical experts, including Dr. Christine Mautier, that's not how you pronounce her last name, but I'm sorry, uh, chief medical officer at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, we've decided with creator Brian Yorkie, and the producers to edit the scene in which Hannah takes her own life from season one. So it's one of those that they went through the process of going through the studies that since this episode, since the scene came out, they looked at studies, they looked at this with medical experts as well as the creators and producers for the show and made a joint effort, joint decision to say, let's cut, let's edit that. Right. So instead of just doing a, like, like they did with house of cards with the whole Kevin Spacey controversy and the, you know, they handled that, that differently. So I can respect them for that. So yeah, for sure. It's very interesting to say the least. Yeah. Um, so the Russo brothers, they're starting to tease what they're going to be doing at their Comic-Con panel. So um, this was interesting because basically I feel like this is a sense of, or this is a sense of like the internet, like taking something and running with it. Cause it's like one was like a clip from like community. And it's something yeah. that they worked on in the past. And another one was from uh, Arrested Development. And that's something they also, you know, worked on in the past. And so now people are like, oh, there's going to be a community movie. Oh, there's going to be the announcement for the Arrested Development season six or whatever, you know. And by all means, like they could just be being really like cryptic. Like maybe there's certain things that are said in those clips that it's like, if you put them all together, it makes sense because just because they worked on those things doesn't mean that, Oh, you know, here comes the next season. I thought, I thought it was interesting because it's like they people took one thing and they started to run with it. And then I feel like maybe as a tease or maybe as a, you know, as a troll, like the Russo brothers could have put out those other clips just as a way to, keep stoking the fire basically and make people more excited you know um but still choosing the clips wisely so that it's like well you know we put that out because it's like somebody's talking about this and so that has to deal with the next project i don't know it just it just seemed like a funny you know little story yeah it's the russo brothers i mean they're on a all-time high right now by you know, hopefully at the time you're hearing this, we have beat Avatar as one of the top, as the top oh, earning movie right. of all time. There, look, I can applaud them. I can applaud them for tr for being like upfront, being like, look, we're trying to beat Avatar. Um, so I mean, yeah, Community. I've watched a little bit of in the past, but like I've never been a big Community guy. It's one of those that every clip I see, it's like I should love this. I should absolutely love this. Right. But I just never like it was one of those like How I Met Your Mother. I didn't start watching until years after the show ended. You know, so I just, there's some shows that I just miss. So yeah, I Comic-Con this year, I think is going to be really interesting because there's a lot of stuff that's coming, coming up that people want to see. And a lot of stuff like this, that people have no idea what's going to happen. Right. Well, I mean, in general, like there's also been like, um, a lot of interviews where the Russo brothers have explained like what happened when Captain America went back in time 
you know, and was it a branch universe or was it this or whatever? So there's like a lot of like little questions that every, all the little nerds have or whatever. And like they've already had interviews or whatever. So trying to figure out what's going to happen at the Comic-Con. Cause like, if they've already answered the branch question, they've already answered like the whole, you know, time trial, time travel in general or whatever like loki and they've already answered that stuff in you know an interview here and there it does make you wonder like what do they have for this panel the biggest one for me which i was surprised that they answered was the um captain america the old captain america at the end of endgame the yeah. fact that they answered that theory and confirmed that theory is awesome because that right. theory was incredible and the fact that they was like oh that's true i'm like that's awesome. That's so cool. That's such like a deep cut thing. But speaking about where Captain America has been after Endgame, our next story, <laughs> our next story is a trailer for the Red Sea Diving Resort, a new Netflix movie. Which and it did happen in 1971. So this could totally be what Captain America was up to. He probably sent Tony off with the pin particles like, hey, give me a second. I'll be right back. Um, this looks awesome. Yeah, this looks incredible. This cast is incredible. First off, yeah, um, this looks I, like another uh, Argo. It does. It does. So, real quick, have you seen the invitation on Netflix? The invitation. It's got the I wannabe um, Tom Hardy in it. Logan Marshall Green. No, I don't. <laughs> it's it's a weird movie. It's a strange movie, but it's got. Uh, I think it's Mikhail uh, Husman. He's from uh, Game of Thrones. He played. Um, Dario Nahadas. Um, but he's in this as well. And he was in the invitation and he's becoming, he's kind of like Pedro Pascal where there are people I've seen from game of Thrones and I'm seeing oh, other gotcha. stuff for, gotcha. and I'm like, Oh, these guys are talented, but it's got a star studded cast. And it kind of, the, the kind of just brief synopsis is the incredible story of a group of international agents and brave Ethiopians who in the early eighties used a desert deserted holiday retreat in Sudan as a front for smuggling thousands of ref refugees into Israel. So yeah, like you said, it's very much Argo esque. Yes. Um, but it's I mean, also just the got fact that Netflix got Chris Evans, Chris mother effing Evans right after Endgame too. Cause obviously like as far as like schedules go, when they had to have shot this, you know, because it's coming out in game for two years, out. though. Well, true, but that's what I'm saying for scheduling purposes. Like they were able to schedule this perfectly because it's like it's coming out at the end of this month, July 31st. And oh, wow, you know, in game was only a couple months ago, but obviously, as far as scheduling, he's been done filming editing or filming it two years ago, so they were able to snag him before the success. Because I'm like, I'm thinking after this his bill would have went up even higher after Endgame, and the fact that he is like quote unquote officially done like his his bill has to be through the roof now but yes. if they were able to snag him before in-game premiering they were probably able to get a better deal yeah see i saw the trailer for knives out which is a new chris evans movie as well as well yeah that um i didn't see this one so this one was really cool to see knives out seems like a very much like before Avengers Chris Evans performance. Yes. Like Good it's point. very yeah. much like I think <laughs> Philip DeFranco, the man, the myth, the legend, he he his commentary on it was I think the best where he was like, is anyone else surprised that they got Chris Evans from not a not another teen movie to be in this movie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, his performance it seems very like that. Whereas the uh Red Sea uh diving resort seems like Avenger slash Snowpiercer Chris Evans. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, 
very much. I mean, it just seems like an interesting movie and it'll be nice to see. Cause like, I like triple frontier. Triple frontier was a good effing movie. That was a good movie. And that had Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, the Latin dude you were talking about. <laughs> Pedro Pascal. There you go. <laughs> it had like a really good cast and I really personally liked it. And it's like that this one kind of seems like a follow up to that one, in my opinion, at least. So very interested to see that one. Um, so speaking of MCU, I guess, you know, Taga Watiti is going to be back for Thor 4. To write and direct. Right. This is awesome because Ragnarok easily one of the best Thor movies. Like I yep. think by popular opinion, he's one of the best Thor movies and Taika is incredible. Like his, his mind, his creative genius is, is like, so just to see them working together again. And honestly, that's the most fun Thor we saw because you know, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth had a blast shooting Ragnarok. Right. So seeing them collaborate again for this. Oh man. Like I saw this article. I don't, I see a lot of articles on my Facebook. I saw this one and I genuinely was like, yes awesome like i was yeah. like super stoked to see this it does kind of make you wonder what about the asgardians of the galaxy so i think they'll have a part in it i think i think that marvel's in phase four i think they're really going to focus on the cosmic realm like i yeah. really think so because they're already working on the eternals which is a giant cosmic storyline they got to incorporate adam warlock somewhere guardians three so i think that's where their focus is going to be for this phase um which i'm cool with because I feel like we didn't get enough cosmic stuff in in the earlier phases of the MCU. So to see them depart to do something completely just strange and and magnificent, like just completely out there, right. is a cool change of pace because we've got pretty much a lot of grounded from the past ten years. Yeah, definitely. So it's really cool to see. I, I can't wait. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think we know when this is coming out. He's just pinned to write it, but um, probably they'll give something about it at Comic Con. They'll probably do what they they love to do those charts with release schedules that they'll push back at a later date. <laughs> um, and the last speaking of San Diego Comic Con, God, we're segueing. This is a right? complete segue section. Right, segue gods. Sony is bringing loot boxes to San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> so, Are they randomized? <laughs> they're they're probably RNGs. They're RNGs for sure. Um, I think this is just a cute little thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those that it's such a hot topic, but for Sony to be like, Hey, we're bringing mystery boxes to comic con. It's like, okay, we're bringing surprise mechanics. We're bringing some, oh my God. If they put on the, on the banner, surprise mechanic boxes <laughs> that they would win the uh, internet. They oh would my God. Internet, yes. If I worked at PlayStation, I probably would get fired, but I would do that just cause <laughs> do that just cause. Um, so yeah, they're, they're going to be these boxes. They're mystery boxes. They're going to be 60 bucks a pop and it's going to hold five limited edition PlayStation items. Could they be t-shirts, keychains, or plush toys? We have no idea. It says in the article from game Informer. Well, hopefully no matter what, you know, hopefully no matter what they do have it, it is worth it. So even if it is a shirt and a couple other things, it's worth the $60. That's my only thing. Yeah. Like, it's like loot crate. They're going to be worth the value. They're valued at they're 90 bucks. Worth it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're valued at 90 bucks, but you're only paying 60. So exactly. it's like loot crate where you're getting this value of stuff for this right. price, which is, I mean, obviously a good thing. And I mean, in general, most of the time Sony is like, usually does really cool thing. Like I want to say, was it, was it the PlayStation experience? They had trading cards yep, PSX. and the trading cards. You had to go to each 
thing basically to get all 52 cards and each one had a different character instead of like a queen they had like alloy or something like that yeah so and it, and it sparked community because people were trading them and like it was it made that event more community focused definitely definitely and any excuse to just like have some real cool swag or whatever like sure why the hell now not? if you guys are going to comic con and you're listening to this first off please tell us how that was right. we'd love to hear from you um but to give you a heads up these are are limited limited to 500 units of each box yeah so there's five boxes so five thousand boxes yeah all right so now let's take another quick music break and we'll come back for the topic of the show
do you want? I don't know if I should stay You said crash on the couch It's weird, just don't go away These questions in my mind And keeping me up all night Is this really over? It can't be over Cause
Welcome back to your weekly nerdy news. We're going to finish up with the topic of the show. All right, so the topic of the show today is going to be kind of Ubisoft centric because we have a lot of information, a lot of interesting information coming out from Ubisoft. So let's get started with we have the full list of games that you will have for Uplay. The Uplay Plus service, so that's going to be there. Um, like, you get this service, you pay for this service monthly, you have access to these games. So like Game Pass. Pretty this much. Is their, this is their Game Pass. And it looks compelling, honestly. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at the full list here, and it basically from... I'll, I'll read most of them, but... Um, it looks like every Ubisoft game they've made within the pat, like within you know modern times. So just yeah, just all twenty Assassin's Creeds. Yeah, there's all <laughs> the Assassin's Creeds on there. And what's what's interesting is some of them, um, like Odyssey, Black Flag, Origins, uh, and some of the other ones like Syndicate. They're the gold editions, so they're the higher tier editions, which is nice. cool because that means you're going to get access to the respective like season passes with DLCs included in there. Dude, so that's that's, that's great. 
Fear. Have you ever played Cold Fear? It's an old PlayStation 2 game. I have not. Cold Fear is probably one of my favorite, aside from like Resident Evil or whatever, Cold Fear is one of my favorite um, survival horrors of all time. It basically took like the claustrophobic, you know, nature of a mansion, but now you're on like a ship and it, it genuinely scared me a lot. You know what I mean? And it also was like dead, dead space before dead space came out mm -hmm. because like there were like, you know, like tentacle kind of monster or tentacle kind of things that would get into your head. And so like, you know, you had to like shoot them in the head and they might come out. I don't know. It cold fear is probably, probably one of my top games of all time. Like I just, I love that game. Okay, I'll definitely have to check it out if I ch if I pick up the Uplay Plus on there. But they also have hits like Beyond Good and Evil, um, mm -hmm. Child of Light. Far <laughs> Whenever the second one freaking comes out, like Jesus, just They've put got out Beyond Good and Evil. I, I like we saw jo Jordan Gordon Levitt, which we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we saw him on stage talking about crap. You know, what, like two e e threes ago, uh, and it's just like. It's it's ridiculous. Come on, just get get on with it. And I think the problem is, is that like people are expecting an announcement. We did get an announcement, but they pretty much announced that they're starting to make the game. Exactly. Like, are you effing kidding me? Like you're just starting to get, like I don't know. It's just yeah. it's so frustrating. They're so, also also going to include Far Cry Two, Far Cry Three, Blood Dragon, Far Cry Three, Far dude, Cry Four. Did you ever play Might and Magic's? No, I was about the to Might and Magic series. You're getting ahead of me, boy. Shut up. Might and Magic is actually a really good series as far as like strategy goes. And I remember it being like one of the really cool, like turn based kind of strategies or whatever. I remember playing like a Might and Magic, like I think the last one I would have played was like five or something like that. But I really like the Might and Magic series. Well, that's what's cool with the Far Cry ones, as well as really honestly any other of these except for maybe a few they're all the special editions the deluxe yep. or the gold editions like for the far yep. cries you're getting all those editions and for might and magic you're getting what looks like all of them that have been released with all like i think might and magic heroes 5 is a standard edition but everything mm -hmm. else is a gold or a complete they also have the prince of persia games on there prince of Hell persia yeah, all of, eight yeah all of Fan them at the time nice. yep they have all the Raymans, which is awesome. Rayman's a deep cut for me because that was a that was a PS1 game I loved. They got Rayman 2, 3, Rayman Forever, Rayman Legends, Rayman Origins, Rayman Raving Rabbids, which before the Rabbids were a giant thing, Raving Rabbids, the first one, was mm -hmm. awesome. That game was awesome. That game was really, really fun. Yeah, um, because, uh, was that that was before they became a mini mini game, right? No, that Raving Rabbids was it was a it was a main game. Like you had a main, like you were trying to get out of this, but you were playing mini games. Oh, okay. like it was the start of that. And then when they continued on, it was just a mini game game. Oh, okay. Right. So there was an actual like gameplay element. You were for the main story, but you were also playing, but I also played on the Wii. So there was a lot of gimmicks there too. So I don't know if that was just Wii, um, Wii in particular, but if you're a silent hunter fan, you've also got the silent hunter games on here. Starlink, which is cool. Would you, you, would you say it's silent, but deadly? Oh my God. Like a <laughs> fart, like a fart. Um, you've got Steep, Starlink, uh, The Crew, and The Crew 2, both the Ultimate and Gold Editions, The Settlers, which I don't know anything about. But yeah, the no, big no. one here, the entire Tom Clancy catalog, except for a couple games. So That's you've true, got yeah. In War, you've got Ghost Recon, Future Soldier, which is, again, really awesome, fun game. 
Yep. Love that game at the time. You got Wildlands Ultimate Edition. Breakpoint when it comes out. Which is cool for because I've been wanting to get the the DLCs for Wildlands, but like the season pass never goes on sale. So that's that's See, now cool. what is Uplay gonna be? Is that gonna be on the consoles as well? So no, you so Uplay Plus Uplay is a service, is a P, their PC store. Dang Uplay it. Plus is going to be for PC and Stadia. So Ooh, it looks like I have to get Stadia so I can play me some cold beer. So it's $14.99 a month. Which mm-hmm. is a little bit more to give you a frame of reference. EA Access, well, sorry, for PC because EA Access is on Xbox. For PC, Origin Access, you pay five bucks a month and you get like early access to games and you can get their like games that are free when they're available. Yeah. Um, if you pay the fifteen bucks like this is, then you can like just play the new games and you don't have to buy them. So they're similar priced. Um, but for $14.99, you're getting all these games and like the, the ones that I'm super stoked. Well, first off, you're a rainbow fan. You have rainbow six, rainbow six, three, rainbow six lockdown, and you have siege the four year edition. So you have all of the DLC for siege so far, um, as well as Vegas, Vegas two, which are incredible. And then the biggest one for me, this one I am so hyped about because I've been dying to go back and replay these Splinter Cell games, but I do not want to play. I don't. I do not want to pay like however much they are a pop on Steam. So in the UPlay Plus, you're getting Splinter Cell, the first one. You're getting Blacklist. You're getting Chaos Theory, Conviction, and Double Agent. The only ones that are missing on here are Pandora Tomorrow. Uh, and I think that's it. I think Pandora yeah. tomorrow is the only one that's missing because blacklist was the one that came out in 2013 conviction was the, like the reboot soft reboot. Mm-hmm. And then double agent was the one that came out before conviction. Um, but chaos theory is my all time favorite splinter cell game. I've been dying to play that game again, but I never catch it on sale. Yeah. So if I pay 1499 a month, I can play that as well as, any other Ubisoft game that's been released and going down further on the list, you've got the trials games and then you have watchdogs one, two and Legion when it comes out. So you're going to have access to Legion. <laughs> so yeah, we'll segue that in a second. You're getting, you're okay. getting me, man. <laughs> you also get division and division two, both gold and ultimate editions. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so basically it looks to be the same thing when a game comes out like game pass, you, if it's a, you play game, you'll have, if it's a Ubisoft game, you'll have it on Uplay plus. Yeah. So the only prop, the only thing like this is great. And for the price, that's good. I want to get Stadia. I'm planning on picking up Stadia when I have 130 bucks. I plan on buying the founders edition because for that, I think, I mean, for 120 bucks for a new console, basically. Yep. That's kind of a no brainer. And it, it seems yeah. like a really good investment. The only thing that I'm potentially going to get worried about is like, and I, you can have an argument for it being more added value, but you're going to pay, if you want the top tier experience for Stadia, you're going to pay $9.99 a month. And that's going right. to get you 4K access, you know, 60 frames. And it's going to give you the best experience you can possibly get. So you'll pay $9.99 a month for that. You'll also, if you want to play the Ubisoft games, you can do this or just buy the games piece by piece. But I think honestly, with the value that's in here, I feel like this might be a better deal. You're also paying $14.99 a month for this service. That's just to play these games. Yeah. So it's like, I, I can see a snowball effect of like this, this service future, which everyone's excited about. I don't know if they're ready for it. Cause it's like, yeah, it might be you're basically paying a giant time. cable bill. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Um, so now that you talked about stadia, you're going to get me going on that. Um, I, I still find it 
confusing that everybody is so stuck on the resolution. You know, I've talked about this before on here on Nerd Radio, but I feel like the main thing that people keep forgetting is that they're treating this like a console. They're treating it like this is going to be console quality graphics and then you have to pay for 4K. But what people still don't seem to put two and two together because I mean they put it they talked about it in the first um reveal of it but basically like this isn't a console this is a pc game or this is pretty much like having a pc rig this is just like oculus quest this is like having a this is like having a supercomputer because you're having like multiple pcs you know so like 720p okay yeah does would it suck to have the free version and only go up to let's say 1080p it is 1080 you know, would it suck to have that? I guess, but you're having 1080p at a PC quality of graphics that's streaming like, over the internet. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I feel like people are getting too hung up on the resolution. They're getting way too hung up on the resolution, but the resolution doesn't have anything to necessarily do with the innards because a PC version of division at 1080p looks way better than a PlayStation 4 Pro, for instance. Yeah. Now, 1080p. Yeah. There are like, Resolution is an important talk topic to talk about with Stadia. Sure. Because, because in terms of power, like if you're telling me that over a Wi-Fi connection over the internet, I'm able to get 4K resolution at 60 frames from a streaming service. That's incredible. But I see where, where the argument where you're coming in. The main thing that I've heard about Stadia, speaking of Stadia, we're supposed to be talking about Ubisoft, but Stadia's the whole thing. Uh, the main thing that I've heard about people's um like firsthand experiences at E3 is it's one of those that it's not like top tier. Like if you were playing on a PC rig, like when you're playing on a rig, like playing battlefield, it's like a life changing experience. Yeah. Stadia is Stadia is not there, but it's good enough. And that's what I think it needs. And to it be. can always be updated. That's the thing. Exactly. Exactly. It can always be updated and they might be running it at a slower or a you know maybe not an ultra rig but a max rig or something but either yeah. way you're still getting pc quality stuff and that's the thing i really i want to emphasize is that it's pc features not console features you know people are thinking oh i'm just going to get a playstation 4 version of breakpoint when it comes no you're not getting a playstation 4 version just because it's 1080p you know doesn't mean you're getting the playstation 4 version you're getting a pc quality version you know, yeah. whether it's an ultra mega EX edition, you know, with the most up-to-date PC, no, but you're still getting a PC version of it, in yeah. my opinion, at least. So I feel like people just get so hung up on the resolution that they forget to think about the fact that no, it's it's PC. Just because you're playing it with a controller doesn't necessarily mean it's a console. It's still going to be better than it's going to look better than a playstation pro it's going to look better than an elite in most cases yeah and and that's the thing too is that it's completely game changing which is a pun i didn't intend but um it is game changing and to kind of segue into what what kind of the main thing we'll talk about here with stadia watchdogs legion that's coming out mm -hmm. i thought about picking it up on ps4 but the way the game this game is being marketed kind yeah. of like it, it, i feel like it's one for one this might be a game i pick up on stadia because yeah. you're telling me that I can play this game like 
if I can play it on my iPad while I'm at work on my lunch break, pop out the controller and just play some and then get home and then play it on the Chromecast or whatever and keep playing it. That might, that might be a game that I'm going to do that with. Mm -hmm. And there's, like I said, segueing, there's a lot of stuff going on with Legion right now, which kind of leads into the biggest thing that we'll talk about here. So Ubisoft decided to team up again with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's company hit record, which is basically a, the best way to describe it would be a community crowdsourcing kind of platform. So it's yeah. full of creators. They're people putting their, it's kind of like dreams in a way with some of their projects, you know, dreams yeah, whole thing is like, yeah. Hey, I'm going to design this tree. You know, you can use it, you know, where you have a lot of like music, musical, you have a lot of musicians on hit record who are like, Hey, I made this beat. Does someone want to put a like vocal vocal track on there? And it's it's a collaboration company basically. Yeah. And so they teamed up with them last year for um, Beyond Good and Evil Two, and they're doing it again. This time it's a little bit more focused. Um, so this article comes from Game Informer. I, I'm going to read through. Not I'm not, I'm not going to read through this, but it's kind of a broad topic, so I want to make sure I speak about it right. So I'm going to read a little bit from here. They're partnering with Hit Record. Uh, they're crack creative collaboration platform. That's a good way to put it. Game informer. Thanks. I should have read that um, to invite Kranz fans to create their own custom music for watchdogs. Legion hit record. lets users upload user created content like short films and music. And then other community members can remix it or collaborate with the original artist to make something new. Ubisoft is looking for songs that fit into genres like rock, hip hop, electronica, pop metal, and punk. 10 original songs will be chosen and $2,000 will be paid out to all involved contributors. If you're interested in competing, they have the link there. So basically what they're doing, what they're looking for is for the radio stations. They're looking for there. It's not music to put like in game, like for like an orchestral score, it's songs to play on the radio stations. So like in watchdogs two and watchdogs one, just like GTA, you can swap through radio stations. Watchdogs two is a little bit better because you were able to pick playlists and like kind of pick whatever music fit your mood. So that's what they're looking for here. They're looking to collaborate with creators for them to come up with something. So this has sparked a lot of controversy. So one of them came from a game developer named Mike Bithel, who's doing, uh, who he's done a lot of different games. So one of the ones he's doing is the John Wick Hex, that new like asymmetric game they showed off at E3. He tweets out, this sucks. People pay for their labor. Stop exploiting fans and hobbyists while devaluing the work of those with the gall to actually expect consistent payment for work done. Do better, Yubi. We're counting on you. Yeah. And they keep bringing up spec work, which is a whole thing that has to do with labor. But the thing here is the side that I'm on on this. I think some people are thinking that, hey, by doing this, you're taking work from other creators, from from my actual like people who are in the industry. Well, here's the thing. People who are professionals in the industry, they're not going to s- submit for this. This is just like uh, like an entertainment competition like you've had in the past. Like the Doritos is a good example. Mm-hmm. Like, hey... You know, we're looking for like create the best short for for a commercial, and you know you'll you'll get paid or whatever. That that's the way I see this. Now, the two thousand dollars, some people have an issue with, you know, in terms of money. So the way that would work. So let's say, like the example I gave, someone makes a beat, then someone makes a vocal track, then someone makes, then yeah. someone puts like another thing on there. That's three contributors. So that two thousand dollars will be split between the three contributors. Interesting. So that's the way that will work. So if you do, if you compose the entire track yourself, then if it's picked, you'll get the two thousand um, dollars. But I'm curious your take on this because, like I said, I feel like this is totally fine. I feel like this is kind of a cool thing because it's a partnership 
to get the community involved yeah. instead of just saying, Hey, we'll make this game for you saying, Hey, help us with making this game. Not so much like they're doing with beyond good and evil tool where they're literally saying, Hey, help us make this game. <laughs> they're saying, Hey, contribute to a game that you love. Yeah. And so see, what's that, your take on it? That's my problem with it was the whole beyond good and evil two thing when they came out last year and it's like, you know, Jordan Gordon Levitt came and he's like, Hey, you know, help, help, help make tracks in the game and help do this. And, that just seemed like such a cop-out. It's like, not only did you wait years, so many gosh darn years until you started the game. You're not even done with it. You're not even halfway done with it. Just start the game. And then the next year, the very next year, announced that, oh, yeah, we're going to take all your stuff and make it our own. Now, hopefully those people will be compensated in some way. But then I think the argument that that one guy brought up is the fact that are they going to be compensated the same that a real creator? I mean, I hate to say it, real creator. You can say up and comer and, and a professional. Established. Yeah, thank you. That's a good one. Established creator. Somebody who's been in the industry, somebody who's fighting tooth and nail in the industry are they going to get the same rate as them or are they going to basically be like they go down to the Home Depot and grab a couple of, you know, people standing on the corner? I'm not going to say their ethnicity, but, you know, is it going to be like that where the equivalent of that? But now yeah. it's like they're doing it online, obviously. It's just it's an it's an interesting way. It's an interesting way of doing it. Now, I think the crux of this is that it's only going to be like. 10 tracks, right? 10 tracks are going to okay. be picked, right? So 10 tracks in a world like GTA 10 is like maybe 10%. So there's yeah. still going to be 90% or even like, depending on how many, how many songs they do have in it, maybe it's only like 5%. So 90 to 95% of the songs that are going to be in the game are still made the, I don't know, quote unquote, correct way so like you were saying in this particular sense it seems more like a giveaway like you know like there's been there's been like giveaways where it's like if you win the giveaway you get put into like borderlands 3 as a character or something like that you know what i mean and so that kind of seems like this is the way they're going with that but i feel like people are still sour about the Gord gordon levitt um beyond good and evil 2 thing where it's pretty much just like help us make the entire game versus this is just help us make 10 songs make 10 songs and if you win you you get into the game as as a thank you or something like that so the biggest the, the actual biggest thing here when i said spec work earlier they kind of break it down to what they're worried about they they sorry what it says on the article, there's some backlash about the project from game developers who call this type of collaboration speculative work. The term is used when someone works for free in hopes of getting paid for it, but without any guarantee. Some find this p potentially exploitive since Ubisoft and HitRecord are only paying winning contributors. That's a good point. That is a good point. But again, like to give you a reference for Watch Dogs 2, there's one specific playlist. It was like the hacker playlist in Watch Dogs 2 that whenever I was driving, I listened to. I, I'm pretty sure that those were that those were people whose music I've never heard before. But after playing that game, I would listen to that playlist on Spotify over and over again because I loved the music that was on there. So a lot of times when it comes to like you brought up Beyond Good and Evil 2, even if they're not 
even if someone does some really good work and is not directly paid for it, there's a good, probably 70, 80% chance that depending on the work they did, they ha they'll have a future in that career. Like Ubisoft will recognize that, that work that they did and be like, Hey, do you want to come work for us? Cause Ubisoft is that type of company. True. And so like, that's, that's what I could see here. Like even like they're, they're going to directly pay the people who, who won. So probably th they'll pay about $20,000. It seems like for, for each track. Um, but even, even if some people don't win, Ubisoft may be like, Hey, that was some really good work. And like, they'll get their name out there and they'll, and that's another thing is some people don't mind not getting paid if they get their name out there. Cause then they have the more likelihood of getting a, a future career path True. in that field. I mean, Cause that's half the battle is just getting your, I mean, if anybody understands that it's definitely us, you know, just yeah. get our name out there and having people listen to us, you know, cause obviously like there's that old additive. It's like, you know, well, what are we doing here? We're doing news. Who else does gaming news? Who else does nerd-related news? A ton of freaking people. You know what I mean? So what makes it different? Nick and Nate. Nick and Nate. It's always it's great. Nick and Nate. Nick and Nate. It's always great with Nick and, Nick and Nate. Nick and Nate. I'm Nate. <laughs> so it's like that's what makes this show this show. That's what makes this team this team. We have a certain set of team members here. And that's what makes us us and whether or not you like it or whatever, that's going to be, that's going to be one thing or the other, but getting our name out there and just getting the chance to show people who we are and whether or not they're going to like us in the first place, that's half the battle. You know what I mean? So I do see it from the standpoint of, Hey, they're just happy to get their name out there. But I also could see it from the standpoint that, you know, you may or may not win. So therefore you may or may not get paid for what you're doing. But I feel like, and this just might be, I don't know, too, you know, uppity of me, but it's like, I feel like that's what you do when you make music. You make music. If you're not already signed with somebody, every time you make even a single note of music, you're doing it because hopefully you're passionate about it. Obviously that's number one, but then number two, you're doing it in the hopes of getting discovered every second of this, you know, podcast of this show. We're hoping that that second gets heard by somebody and that second gets them interested enough to go, Hey, I'm going to listen to this more. So I feel like as a creator, it's kind of, I don't know. Like, I feel like it is maybe a little hyperbolic to just be like, Oh, well, they're just, you know, they're, they're um, taking advantage of these people. It's like, but they're willingly putting their stuff out there. Exactly. And um, I've heard some other people talk about this story and a good additive that these actually, I'd, I'd heard it. One of the places I heard it from was kind of funny games daily. And the people that were on there, they had, uh, I believe it was, Greg and Trisha Hirschberger, she put in a good analogy of voiceover work. You know, yeah. Greg, Greg Miller from kind of funny. He's done voice voiceover work before. He's not like Troy Baker or, you know, he's not like the top tier person that like Nolan North. Right. But she was like, okay, let's say they did this for voiceover. Is Troy going to put his, is Troy going to put his stuff in there? No. You know, he's, he's a, he's a prof professional that gets paid for the work that he does. You know, this is, if they were doing like, Hey, send us this line of like, we're going to show you this line of dialogue, send us your take and you could be in the game. Right. That's people who are going to do that are people who want to get involved in this in industry and up and comer, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So that's the people who are going to contribute to this. You're not going to have like professional musicians out there. I mean, 
don't get me wrong. There are professional musicians on hit record, but you're not going to have like DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled's not going to submit his stuff for here, you know, because he doesn't, he doesn't need it. You know, I think this is a good initiative to get the community involved. And I honestly, I want to see this more going forward. You know, there's a lot, like everybody, not everybody, a lot of people love video games. So if we can make this kind of a common norm to be like, Hey, the games that you love, do you want to help us in some way contribute to the game that you love? That's an awesome initiative. And I hope that this continues to go forward. Yeah. And I mean, in general, I, I do feel like it might be, you know, it might be kind of silly to say that, oh, you're taking jobs away from people. I feel like the initiative they s- they started for Beyond Good and Evil, I feel like that was straight up taking jobs away from people because they're like, hey, put songs in the game. But this one, I feel like they, they learned from that and they kind of focused a little more. So instead of making all the tracks in the game, you're making 10. And once again, like I said, for the that- radio station. Yeah, for the radio station. It's not even the game. It's the radio station. So there could be tons of people who never even listen to the radio station. They might have it off because they find it annoying or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's And once again, this could be 10 to 5% of what's already in the game. And I feel like that's good. That's good enough to say that. And I feel like I feel like it is a clear like... Um, evolution of what they did for beyond good and evil too and who knows we since the game's not out we don't even know how many songs are in beyond good and evil 2 that are people's songs or lines or you know what i mean like we don't even know what exactly is being done for that and i feel like maybe maybe you know people are making you know a, a bigger deal than it is because this is really just a competition you know and it'd be the same for american idol People go, people spend money on plane tickets to go to a city that has auditions. Mm -hmm. People spend money, they spend time off of work to go there, you know, and especially if they make it into the next round and they go to Vegas, they're not getting paid for that. You know, they might be getting paid for like their room and maybe some food, but they're not getting paid for that. So they're taking off time for work. They're taking, you know, they're flying all the way. I mean, I think if you make it to Vegas in American Idol, I think they give you the ticket. So they might not be paying for that, but obviously you have, you know, you have room, you have boarding, you have a whole bunch of stuff that they might help out with, but they might not pay for every single thing, you know? And this is kind of a similar sense that it's like they're trying out for a show. And if they get in, great. They at least get paid immediately versus if you do American Idol or if you do other giveaways, you have to be the top person. You have to be the top person. And even then it's like, okay, yay, you got your face into Borderlands 3 or something like that. You know what I mean? That's all you got. Whereas these people, they're doing a job and if they did it good enough, they get paid for it. Yeah. They get their name out there. And once again, the getting their name out there part of the equation is... I feel like the most value to it. That's what adds the most value to it. And that's that's the thing that I think people are are not really paying attention to is that's what hit record is. A lot of people who put their stuff out there aren't expecting to get paid for it. They just want to create. So you're basically just saying, hey, do what you're already doing. But if you win, we'll put you in the game and we'll give you $2,000. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just like, I think the fact that money's involved in it is why people are complaining about it. True. And I mean, like I can, I can sort of get that to a certain degree, but at the same time, like it's not the entire radio station. It's not the entire, 
entire list of and so i feel like that's the that's the part i just feel like that's being blown out it's not everything and i mean obviously we're kind of repeating ourselves here so i mean we don't want to do that too much here but i mean definitely a lot of interesting stuff coming from ubisoft in general some of it might be good some of it might be bad you know they're obviously still the kings of like 80 different editions of every game that comes out you know and on top of that they're like oh hey would you like this subscription thing but i mean obviously the good thing there is once we once again we pointed out that in the subscription you're getting the gold edition you're getting the ultimate edition ubisoft has a lot of goodwill like they they are a really goodwill company so it's one of those that it's it's going to like it works until it doesn't and then they'll fix it Right. But I feel like out of all the out of the top three EA Activision Ubisoft out of the top three that are out there to make money. I mean, I feel like they do it in the most non evil way. And I feel like when's the last time we heard about mass layoffs from an Ubisoft company? You haven't. Like, they recorporate. They, they so put, they reuse them. Do I like the fact that they have a gold edition, a deluxe edition, a diamond edition, a ultimate diamond edition of division? Do I like that they do that? But no. But am I going to buy it? No. So obviously it's not for me. You know, they have all these different things so that they can make money because they are a business that makes money. And when you put out a product and you put additive things in there, people will pay more money for it if they want to. And if they don't, they don't have to. But out of all the evil, maniacal things that EA and Activision do, Ubisoft are freaking saints. Not saying they're perfect. Not saying that every company should be like them. But I'm saying in the sense that they could do worse and EA and Activision do worse, like, they are... If, if, if EA and Ubisoft... Or, if EA and Activision were more like Ubisoft and they didn't lay off people and they and they were more, I don't know, creative. I mean, Destiny was Activision. Look what happened when Destiny left Activision. They're doing so many steps to make it better. And that's all because of Bungie. So it's like Ubisoft is just a really good company. And obviously we don't want to be sucking there, you know, too much or whatever. We want to know your your opinion. What do you think about Ubisoft in general? What do you think about their games, their way they run their company? What do they know? Once again, you can go to at TX3Productions or ThreatX3Productions.com, ThreatX3Productions at gmail.com, or you can go to our Discord. Our Discord is always going to be in the description. It's always going to be pinned to the top of our Twitter account. So you can have a conversation. Let us know what you guys think about it. What do you think about everything? So, I mean, pretty much that's going to be this edition of your weekly nerdy news. Thank you so much for joining us. I was Nick. And I was Nate. And join us next week for your weekly nerdy news. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to have your morning grind. So make sure to tune in for that. Everything
You say you know me Tell me what you see, what you see, yeah Is it haunting? Am I in your dreams, in your dreams, yeah I can feel you wanting more Baby, I've been here before You say you know me Tell me what you see, what you see, yeah But when the lights go out, there's secrets all around Maybe I will let you hear the God let down There's secrets all around Maybe I will let you hear my secrets Do you want me? Am I what you need, what you need, yeah? Are you falling? I'm starting to believe, to believe it I can feel you wanting more Maybe I've been here before You say you want me Am I what you need, what you need, yeah?
feet, the miles repeat on and on the furry feet. Table.